0: It's Busy from Busy Living Sober. We're here that, in dear. Charleston with Steve Palmer. Out, uh, I thought we'd uh, share this experience, right and, th- and th- hope with everybody out there listening.
1: Do it uh, now. But, yeah, so the, the Charleston Magazine article, God bless Darcy Shanklin, she called me and said, hey, I'd love for you to do a 700-word essay on sober in a party city, for the January issue when everybody has New Year's resolutions. And I, right. And I think what she was asking me to do was to, like, make recommendations on fun to have without <laughs> drinking. Yeah. So I... I'm going to turn the music down. I sat down and wrote... Started writing my story. I'm bawling. Uh, oh, I love and, that. and she calls me. Darcy and I have been friends for a long time. She called me and said, so, the piece was very powerful. It was not 700 words. Right. <laughs> it was 3,000 words. And I was like, oh, uh, I've never written, you know, I've never, I'm not an author. I've, I've never written anything. So, uh, she said, you know, we have this idea. So, I had no idea. She didn't tell me it was going to be, it's eight pages in the right. art. and, yeah. and uh, So, it was very kind of her. And I was, uh, I was... It's a very emotional experience. I wrote it in a hotel room in Raleigh, but uh, so yeah, it's um, Charleston's been very supportive of my sobriety, which has been a great thing.
0: And it was humbling, I can imagine.
1: Yes, you know, there's things that um, I mean. I have investors, right? right. People that um, maybe not know the whole story. So sometimes I, I put things out, and then I go. Hmm. <laughs> I kind of had a moment there, and I hope I, you know. So yeah, it's 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 humbling and it's it's uh, it's intense, and there's a lot more to that, as right. I'm sure for every sober person. Uh, but it really wasn't until the last couple of years that I really started talking about it. I mean, I've never I've never been embarrassed about my sobriety. I've never been ashamed of it. But it wasn't until my friend Ben shot himself that I really started really being public about especially addiction in the restaurant industry
0: well and it's hard with when you're dealing with the 12 steps because with the anonymity piece that's in there so many people and with the principles there's so many things that people are like oh my gosh you're not supposed to say that
1: Right and sorry, we just have a okay. have a volume control on it. Um, um, it's lucky
0: when you own the restaurant. <laughs> show I show up
1: and I'm always like hey, I show up at Oku, The music is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> music and lights. That's what my team will tell you. No, you know that when we started Ben's Friends, um, really it was very intentional that it was not associated with the 12-step community because of the traditions, and we felt like we needed to be public about it um and thankfully and gratefully each city that we've launched in raleigh charleston and atlanta we were able to reach out to the local food critic and say hey we're going to do this support group and they and they and they and they immediately came wrote an article so we were able to get it in the press before we we'd ever had the first meeting um and the, and it, it really has been um, I don't know if you would call it divine timing. If you, would, there, there, a lot of high profile chefs are now getting sober. So there's really this conversation now that kind of seemed to all happen about the time I was starting Ben's Friends, right? Uh, that it nationally uh, suddenly people in our industry are going, we're 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 glorifying these chefs and their drinking habits and they're dying and we need need to change the conversation. So I have been really blown away. Like I'm, I'm going to Kentucky to speak at Jack Daniels about sobriety. So uh, it's been, it's been, and they reached out to me, um, the U S bartenders guild, uh, I, I, it was funny. They did a bourbon tasting and then I got up and talked about sobriety. So it's been a very interesting, I had no idea, uh, nor is necessarily press the goal, but I, I had no idea that there would be this sort of open arms, um, uh, you know, let me, you know, when I first got sober, so 16 years ago, I was running Peninsula Grill, uh, couldn't find my ass with both hands and and you would I would be out at a restaurant with my peers and the word sober would come up and it was like the needle across the album the chalk (laughs) the nails on the chalkboard people and and I don't even think it was about judgment as much as just whoa this is just not I didn't know anybody that was sober in the restaurant business when I I mean no one um so it was it was uh, it was just very foreign and so now 16 years later for for the conversation to not only be um, okay but be welcome and be welcome in circles where people aren't even necessarily saying we have a problem people are saying um, listen we just we recognize this is a problem so please come talk to our group whether. Whether there's, a, you know, it's, it's interesting. I mean, I got emails. Um, uh, the, the Speaking of Kentucky, so the, the Kentucky Distillers Association, so uh, a sign of a nonprofit that represents all the distillers in Kentucky, um, they have uh, hired people. I'm, I'm not going to get their titles right, but they're essentially wellness experts, uh, alternative uh, sober living. There, isn't it necessarily connected to alcoholism or addiction? Right. But they're just trying to promote healthy living, whether it's like, uh, and so it's just, I don't know. It, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm super grateful that um, I can talk about sobriety even within the four walls of our restaurants. And my head bartender is supportive. And, you know, she was just in Mexico just learning about tequila. Right. So, so it's. I just like that it's it's okay now to be in a restaurant and say, "Hey, I, I want to talk to y'all about sobriety," because the truth is, especially with the opioid uh, epidemic, we had a 24 year old, not one of our employees, but an employee at another restaurant the other night. He got the flu. Oyster house Russell. Yeah, and um, I didn't know. And neither did the doctor. So Tamiflu when you mix it with opiates, it created seizures. And and so this young man had the flu and apparently he had also been using opiates. So, you know, Nancy Shipman, uh, who is a mom here in town, she started a group called Wake Up Carolina. Her 18 year old son, playing high school football, broke his leg, um, got given OxyContin and he was dead in 18 months. So, you know, it, it. I'm just grateful that the conversation is okay now.
0: It's amazing, and you're yeah. making such a difference because because I said on Facebook that I was looking forward to seeing you. Do you know Wood Marchant over in yeah, College Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. So I went over and talked to their group, their recovery group over yes, there yes, on yes. Um, Thursday afternoon. Yes. And it was awesome.
1: Wood is a great guy. Um, and that whole recovery program at College of Charleston was started by a student yes. in recovery, who's uh, who I've become friends with.
0: Isaac. Isaac is a, yeah. he's
1: a pretty dynamic young man. So, um, it's just I, I don't know. It's just it's really cool to be in our society in this moment where I don't you know. I listen, addiction still the numbers. The success rate is still pretty crappy, right? Let's be honest, yeah. um, but I mean, I, it took me three attempts. I went to my first AA meeting at 15 and didn't get sober until 32. So, you know, it took what it took, um, but I, I'm just, it's, it just feels like there's this sort of new awakening about addiction.
0: It's amazing. Because my I, I, first time I went to treatment, I was 18, and I didn't get sober until I was 37. Right. <laughs> you
1: know? It takes a minute, you know. Yeah. And yeah. and I, it's funny how many spouses, brothers, mothers, wives of addicts that I, you know, that we all reach out to us. What can I, you know, and you, and you all, and it's, there's nothing you can do. No. Until the addict is ready uh, to get help, there's nothing you can do. You can, that doesn't mean you shouldn't. Try to do an intervention. Be honest. Speak your truth. It doesn't mean you should ignore the problem, but it, it, it takes what it takes, doesn't it? It does. Until we're ready, there's That's nothing. exactly.
0: There's nothing else you can do. Do you see yourself taking Ben's friends to any other cities?
1: Yes, uh, very much so. Uh, so, um, our meeting is tomorrow, uh, and we have two sober chefs from Greenville coming oh, awesome. down. I got. I was on a call with a chef sober chef in richmond virginia um so you know i I mean listen in a in a romantic pie in the sky world there'd be a ben's friends in every city in america um we're trying to do you know we're 16 months old we still don't really know what we're doing um (laughs) i want to (laughs) stress that that we're still making it up as we go we we have formed a board and we are a 501c3 and um we wanna raise money for, for, you know, mental health costs money, and a um, $13 an hour line cook does not have money to go to rehab, let's be honest. Um, so there's 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 a whole other evolution of Ben's Friends. I'm opening six restaurants this year, so I'm, I'm in six different cities. I'm a little busy, um, but uh, I would, we wanna to continue to grow Ben's Friends uh, you know the guidelines aren't super strict. We need a couple of people right. with at least two years of sobriety that've got some foundation um, but that are going to show up if we say there's a meeting every sunday um, and and so it's there has been a there's been more interest than we've had time to address um, you know and so Raleigh was a good friend Atlanta the Ben's friends happens in our restaurants, but yes, I want to. I want to continue to grow Ben's friends and, and, um, you know, I, I, it was, I was talking about Ben last night. He is, uh, he's not somebody you would have ever said he's suicidal. He didn't have the dark cloud of depression over him. He was very happy go lucky guy. And you know, he, he went to detox six times. He just couldn't get it. And, it, and I think he could, I mean, I think, right, I mean, I think he could have gotten it, uh, but he would never get help out. He would yeah. get out of detox, and then it was, I'm good, I got it this and time. And I can't pick
0: up the phone because it is you're, so you're heavy. You're it feels right, like right, a million pounds. Right, right, I can't lift right. it up and make that And call. make that call. Yeah. Uh,
1: so, you know, I, yes, I want to grow Ben's friends because I want, especially in the restaurant industry where it, the social... It's just part of the culture, getting off work and going out to drink with your, after the adrenaline rush of serving 300 people, and you're like this when you walk out at midnight, and the most, you know, the most unconscious thing is to knock yourself out. Um, So, uh, you know, uh, yeah, I want to keep growing it.
0: So, and if a, a listener wanted to contribute, let's say, would, where would they, would they go to www.bensfriends.org? Yeah,
1: yes, it's okay. actually Ben's Friends Hope.
0: Okay, friends. Friends hope.
1: Org. Okay, uh, and we're there, and you can you can donate online. Um, we're we like we we've gotten that far. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 you know, listen, I I mean, speaking to that, I have been enormously touched at the people that have reached out that I don't even know. I, I went home, uh, we were doing a leadership retreat for the restaurants the other day, and the topic, the, the finishing topic was on gratitude. This is a total true story. So I went home, and there was a letter in my mailbox, and it was, the return address was to someone, I don't know this person. And I pulled it out, and the card said gratitude. And I I'd literally, just been standing in front of 110 people talking about when we come from a place of gratitude and this young man had made a donation to ben's friends i don't know who he is and he just said uh i work in the business and i'm just so happy that there's a place that we can go so you know i mean that's,
0: that's right, oh right. my god that's <laughs> the, that's the mean, magic that's right. the real and at the end what, of the that's day what that's, that's a really that's, yeah, what, that's, that's what, what it's, what it's about. about
1: that's what it's about and that's when you go through, uh, you know all of the things that I've gone through—homelessness, I mean, all of the stuff, right? And then you get those moments, you realize that like all of that happened so you could be in this moment. It sucks when you're in it, right? right, right. And you know, when you're—and you're when you're without hope, you can't possibly imagine that on some scales, big or small, that. If, you know, that you could someday be in a position to help other people. Oh. Uh, it's 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 amazing. I mean I, I tell our staffs and I'm, i I wanted to inspire them but I think it freaks them out a little. <laughs> I tell our staffs like if I hadn't chosen to get sober, there would be no indigo road. And there's nine hundred employees and wow. you can you can see wow. that you can see them sort of that registers like if I I would be dead but if I hadn't gotten sober, there would be no Oku, there would be no out. none of these restaurants. Everything that is the physical reality of the Indigo Road is the ripple effect of me getting sober. So, um, you know, as tragic, as terribly tragic as Ben taking his life is, I hope that, you know, the ripple effect is that there's a different conversation. So yeah yeah I mean so that you know people in our industry know like when, uh, you know you don't being in this industry and getting wasted every night are not synonymous right. it can be a choice you know and and so it's cool there's there's Ben's friends here is 16 months old so we have people celebrating their first year that, that Ben's Woo-hoo! friends was their first meeting we certainly don't advocate that Ben's Friends is the is um bye nice to meet (laughs) y'all um thank you we uh you know we certainly don't Ben's Friends does not propose that one meeting a week is all you're gonna need we're we are a landing pad a starting point a reference point by no means do we think coming to one hour a week is gonna you know but we are a resource uh and and interestingly enough um there are different paths. Some of the attendees of Ben's friends have not gone the twelve-step route and have long-term sobriety. So it's 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 interesting. It's it's there's a guy with 17 years that is just now starting to go to meetings, uh, the twelve-step community, and he would say he wished he'd done it from the beginning, but he went the therapeutic route and it worked. So uh, you know we're we're just sort of the we're the starting point. But yeah, it's cool. There's people celebrating the year. Uh, we have an i. There's an employee that works for us with us. Uh, bad on heroin, and he's 80 days now. And That's he's awesome. he's working in one of our restaurants where the executive chef is sober. Um, and he was. I mean, I was afraid we were going to lose him. And it's just. Opening restaurants is great, the, the, the business success I have had is far beyond anything I ever thought I was going to have, but that's what matters, having a safe environment for someone to who's passionate about cooking, who's passionate about food, uh, there's no drinking in our restaurants, so for them to be able to come to work and not have to see their teammates consuming alcohol on any level is, you know... Addiction is hard, addiction, addiction in the restaurant industry is really hard, uh, so you know those are the moments that like you, you talk about a higher purpose and something beyond just making money, uh, that's, it's, it's, that's, those are the moments that are worth it.
0: So I have one other question, and then we'll stop recording. Okay. But um, my next question is: Well, I don't know if you're a football fan, but did you see that the Philadelphia Eagles just won the Super Bowl? (laughs) And did you know that Anheuser Busch? So Anheuser Busch said that they were going to give a free beer to every person at the game because one of the players had said we he was going to buy a you know buy. A beer for everybody, every fan in Philadelphia. So Anheuser Busch stepped up and said that they were going to do it—the dilly-dilly thing—with restaurant people. And when you were in the business and you were and you got, were first newly sober, and you're at an event like this, so I'm sure when you're talking about the whiskey, like you're supposed to try it, and when you're a wine connoisseur and you were supposed to go and taste it, and people are hiring new employees to t- you know t- to serve wine and beer and you can't taste it, what are what do you tell people in that? situation
1: so it's funny i was an advanced level sommelier when i got sober You're right, right?
0: yeah
1: so i was deep into the subject of wine um you know I, I, a couple of things I, i've learned several things a i don't owe anybody an explanation right. uh, um and and i'm a people pleaser which is why i'm in the <laughs> restaurant business because i like to make people happy uh, you know um I, I turn it into sort of, a, I try to make not a joke, but light of it. I'll say things like, you know, the line from The Incredible Hulk where he says, don't make me angry, you wouldn't like me when I'm angry. So I'll things, say things like, oh, you don't want me to have alcohol, I turn green when I, you know. I, I break out in handcuffs when I, you know. And, and so, but but again, even cooler, almost Every restaurant. So the new trend in restaurants is non-alcoholic cocktails, and they're everywhere. And these bar. And, and again, the bartenders are like super excited about it. And there's a list of eight of them. And I'm, you know, and so uh, I think it's become more socially accepted. But what I've learned along the road is I can just say I'm not a drinker. Thank you. I have customers. Well, now I'm so out in the public. But the first five or six years, I was sober. A lot of the regular customers that I had drank, had, had tasted wines with would be like, oh, we brought you this bottle of wine. And and it was like, and so a lot of times if it was an unopened bottle, I would just take it and say, thank you very much. But, you know, table side, oh, taste this. And, you know, oh, I'm, you know, so there's, it, it is in our face yeah. and you got to find creative ways. Like, you know, oh, I never drink at work. Um, you know, we have a restaurant, one of our restaurants, A high percentage of the staff is in a a local rehab. So we... This was great. I thought this was so amazing. So our wine director was like, okay, so when I do staff education, 50% of the staff can't drink. What am I going to do? Because I want them to learn because they want to sell, and I don't want them to feel excluded. So you've heard of Jelly Bellies, right? Yeah. So they have buttered popcorn and green apple. So she went... This is the most brilliant thing I've ever so okay, Sauvignon Blanc, what are the characters? Lemon, green apples. So she made a jelly belly pack of Sauvignon Blanc, oh a jelly belly gosh. pack of California Chardonnay, a jelly belly pack of Pinot Noir. And so she's like, here you go, here's what Pinot Noir tastes like. Blueberries, raspberries, and uh, so we, we just try to get creative with how to how to teach people about wine if they're not drinking but socially again i think it's it's a lot lot fewer questions and i will say this anecdotally like socially outside of the four walls of a restaurant when people the people that have the most questions about why i don't drink are usually the people that are questioning their own drinking <laughs> the people that like at their third glass was so you never drink, you know, and they just can't let it go, those are usually the ones that they have the 5th and 6th and 7th class of wine, no judgment but I've just kind of learned that I used to feel real uncomfortable when people were probing right. me uh, and again, I've learned I don't owe people an explanation, I can just say listen, I used to drink, it was really bad, I don't drink anymore and in this day and age, that usually stops the level of, of uh, questions, you know, I mean I think I think as a society most of us are awake enough to know that when somebody says they don't drink there's there's a story <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> of wrecked cars and DUIs and you know so yeah.
0: Well thanks Steve.
1: You're welcome. I really appreciate it. Of it was, course. And I
0: wish you guys all the best and we will keep promoting Ben's friends on Busy thanks. Living Sober. Thank you. Thank you.